Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Well, it's great to be able to share with you this morning, live from the building. It's been so much fun to be here while we've been worshipping together, and I trust that you've been blessed worshipping at home. I want to talk this morning about a really significant gift, something that God wants each of us as believers to enjoy, to benefit from, to use, um, a gift that God has given us by his goodness and his grace and his generosity. And uh, it's a gift that I really want to raise the profile of this morning. And there's a story of a Swiss tourist driving through Narborough village. And uh, as he's driving through the village, uh, he pulls up at a bus stop because Derek and Doug are waiting at the bus stop. And he winds the window down and he looks out the window and he says, ah, ah, excusez-moi, parlez-vous français? And Derek and Doug look at him, don't make any real uh, movement. Um, uh, Parlare italiano. And Derek and Doug just totally blank-faced. Uh, Hablana estudes espanol. Derek and Doug giving me absolutely nothing. Um, sprechen Sie Deutsch? Derek and Doug just shrug. So the tourist winds his window up and frustratedly drives off. And Derek turns to Doug and he says, you know what, Derek, maybe we should, maybe, you know what, Doug, maybe we should learn a foreign language. And Doug turned to Derek and said, why? He spoke four languages, it didn't help him. <laughs> you know, it's a nonsense to think that we wouldn't want to learn another language. I often am really envious of people that can speak another language fluently. I'd love to be able to speak Chinese or Spanish or, or French, um, not enough to actually give myself to learning it, but it's a really wonderful <laughs> thing. But um, I was thinking about the fact that God has given us a gift. He's given us a language that he wants us to use. He wants us to speak in tongues. And he's baptized us in the Holy Spirit to give us this wonderful language. It's a gift from God. You know, um, John the Baptist points out Jesus, doesn't he? And, and it, this is an instance that's recorded in all four Gospels. It's really significant that John the Baptist is recorded as pointing out Jesus and saying, there he is. That's the one. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And Matthew and Luke want to say, and with fire. But it's really powerful. John 1.19, he says, there he is. I didn't know it was him until I baptized him. And when I baptized him, the spirit came down on him and rested on him. And God had said to me beforehand, the one on whom the spirit rests is the one who will baptize in the Holy Spirit. John had this revelation that Jesus was the one who was going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. And sure enough, that's what Jesus does. He baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Fast forward a little bit to John 3. Just picking up a few little gospel encounters. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and talking about how you can enter the kingdom of God. And, and this learned scholar of, of scripture is, is clueless really about spiritual matters. But Jesus says, to come into the kingdom God, of God, you have to be born of water and born of the spirit. There's a, a natural birth and a supernatural spiritual birth to be born from above. And then Jesus starts to describe the Holy Spirit. And he says, the wind blows and we don't know where it comes from or where it goes, but we can, you can hear it. It makes a sound. And I believe Jesus is, is giving reference to the fact that when the Holy Spirit moves, there's a mysterious element to his moving, but there's always an evidence that he's present, particularly when people are available for him to speak through them. And actually, I think Jesus is referring in part to speaking in tongues, that when the Spirit moves, you'll hear something. There'll be a sound. You know, when the Holy Spirit fills us, he overflows with a sound. And that sound partly is the gift of speaking in tongues. Yes. Go to John 7, the 37. Jesus says, if anyone's thirsty, come to me and drink. And out of you will flow rivers of living water. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, when you're full of the Spirit, there's overflow. Yes. I believe part of that 
inevitable overflow is speaking in tongues. The gifts of the Spirit, of w- one of which is speaking in tongues, available for every believer. And then in John 20, 22, Jesus visits his disciples after his death and his resurrection. And he, and he enters the room that they're hiding in and he says, peace, be at peace. And it says this, and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus talks about the wind and the breath, it's, it's very, um, very much speaks of the Holy Spirit. The word for spirit in the New and the Old Testament is the word for wind and breath. It's ruach in the Old Testament, pneuma in the New Testament. But when Jesus breathes on his disciples in John 20, 22, it's a different word. It's emphysemo, which is only used once in the Bible. But it, it, it kind of harks back to what God does to Adam in the garden in Genesis 2, where God breathes his divine breath. And again, it doesn't use the word pneuma or ruach rather. It's a different word, a different Hebrew word. But he breathes on Adam this divine life in creation. And then Jesus breathes on his disciples divine life in new creation after his death and his resurrection. But then he says this, wait in Jerusalem until I baptize you in the Holy Spirit. In just a few days, I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And so off they go. They shuffle off to Jerusalem, full of joy, because Jesus has just said, wait in Jerusalem and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. And then we go and jump into Acts 2, and that's where I'd like to pick up some part of this, this wonderful story that's our story. You know, if you're part of the church of Jesus Christ, this is part of our history. But this is also part of what's available to us as believers. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, Pentecost just means 50. 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. And tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared on them and rested on each one of them. Then they were all, all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave them the ability for speech. They were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. I love that account. I love the fact that the disciples were together. And you know what it says in, in the real, uh, if you look at the real rendering in the end of verse two, it says the Holy Spirit filled the house where they were sitting. The disciples were just sitting together. It doesn't say they were praying. They might have been praying. It doesn't say they were worshiping. They might have been worshiping or they just might have been hanging out. They were sitting together and the Holy Spirit filled the sound like a, a violent, mighty, rushing wind filled. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Every single one of them was filled and every single one of them spoke in tongues and they pour out onto the streets. And guess what? A crowd is gathered because they hear this mighty rushing wind around this building. And so they gather to see what's going on. And then it says this. In verse 6, the sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Men had traveled from every nation to be there. Lots of different tongues, lots of different languages were represented there. But each one heard all of the crowd that had gathered, the 120 that had come out of the room, speaking in their own language. I believe this. If there was a Frenchman there, he would have heard all the disciples speaking in French. There was a Spanish person, they would have had everybody speaking in Spanish, Japanese in Japanese. I believe there were two miracles that took place. One, that the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues. And two, that those who heard, heard them speaking in their own language. 
That's what God does. There's, there's something miraculous, powerful, significant. It's a sign for us. I remember my dad relaying a story to me when I was young, and I asked him about it recently because um, I said I was going to be talking about speaking in tongues. And it wasn't long after he was saved. He was born again in his early 20s, and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And not long after, he was at a meeting leading worship, and he spoke in tongues. And at the end of the meeting, uh, a young man came up to him and said, I just want to compliment you on your Greek. <laughs> My dad said, I don't know Greek. He said, well, you were speaking a really good version of a Greek dialect. You spoke it really well. And my dad was like, well, what did I say? And he was saying, well, you, you, were, you were declaring God, you're almighty, God, you're awesome, you're great. So you were basically worshiping God in Greek. And my dad was blown away. And for him, there was a real sense of, of um, a ceiling of, of this was real. This was genuine. And for the guy, he was blown away that a bloke from Merthyr Tidville was speaking a, a Greek dialect that he understood. There was an evidence of the power of God as a result of speaking in tongues. I remember a story of Kerry also being in a square in Italy, praying in tongues and, and being heard as speaking Italian, even though he didn't feel like he was speaking Italian and a crowd gathered. And, and it, was, it, it transformed the environment that he was in at the time. And many other instances where I've heard people speaking in tongues and others have heard it as a, as a, a human and earthly language. But Paul says when we speak in tongues, we speak with the languages of men and of angels. And you know, when you read through the book of Acts, you see time and again, believers filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit and this overflow. Yeah. Acts 8 in Samaria, Philip preaches the gospel. He gets them baptized in water, but Peter and John turn up to make sure that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And as a result, there's overflow. There's evidence of a baptism of the Spirit. You go to Acts 10, Cornelius, this Roman soldier has got... Uh, Peter preaching to him and his household and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit breaks in a little bit like in Acts they're sitting together and all of a sudden they start speaking in tongues and prophesying they're filled with the Holy Spirit and evidence that they too were born again and they should now be baptized in water in Acts 19 Paul turns up in Ephesus meets 12 new believers and said did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed that's question numero uno from Paul and they are very honest they said we haven't even heard there's a Holy Spirit and Paul says, well, you're about to find out a lot about him. And he prays for them and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they start speaking in tongues and they're baptized. This is a wonderful gift that God has given his church. If you are part of the church of Jesus Christ, this gift is available for you. And I want to talk a little bit about the significance of it in our devotional life particularly. I just want to say that I was baptized in the Spirit when I was seven years old. So if you're in Hot Rock... I'd like you just to give me a wave, okay? If you're in Hot Rock and you're still listening, if parents maybe just give your kids a nudge and say, Richard is talking to the Hot Rockers now and that's you, okay? So if you're in Hot Rock, give me a wave if you're seven. I see those hands in the spirit. Give me a wave if you're over seven, but you're still in Hot Rock, great. And if you're under seven, I want to say this to you, this is available for you. That if you've not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit and you're not yet speaking in tongues, but you believe in Jesus and you've asked Jesus to come into your life, you can speak in tongues. Amen. Just ask Jesus to, ask, to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Yeah. And if you're 77 or if you're 57 or 107, you never know. This gift is available to you if you're a believer. Yes. I don't want to make that really clear. And I want to just jump into 1 Corinthians 14 just to pick up a little bit more about what this wonderful gift is. You know, Paul is writing very much about the congregational gatherings in this portion of, of Corinthians, this letter that he writes to them. But there's some little things that we can pick up from it 
um, that will help us understand the significance of it in our devotional life and the power of this gift. And um, I'm reading from the uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible because this does a really good job of translating these uh, verses accurately. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Paul says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and above all that you may prophesy. For the person who speaks in another language or in tongues is not speaking to men but to God, since no one understands him. However, listen to this, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. I mean, wow. Paul's saying, look, tongues isn't great for a gathering because nobody can understand what you're saying, including you. Better that you prophesy because at least everybody hears and understands what you're saying. But if you do speak in tongues, you speak mysteries to God. You speak mysterions, secrets. Why? Because I'm praying with my spirit being led by the Holy Spirit. My mind is not in charge of what I'm saying because guess what? Our minds don't know everything. Our minds don't see everything, don't understand everything, but the Holy Spirit understands everything perfectly and he initiates something in our spirit so that when we pray, we engage in this heavenly, godly conversation that's happening in the Godhead and we speak mysteries. Later on in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 to 16, Paul says, our minds are unfruitful, but, but then he starts to say, but I will pray in, with my mind. And I actually believe as we continue to persevere in speaking in tongues, our minds start to catch up. Paul says later on in verse 18 of the same chapter, I speak in tongues. I praise God because I speak in tongues more than any of you. He's not bragging. He's saying this is so important. I don't believe it's a coincidence that Paul spoke in tongues more than any and had the greatest revelation that packs our New Testament with the letters of the revelation of who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, who the church is, what the kingdom of God is. It's because he spoke in tongues more than any. It's no surprise that in 2 Corinthians 12, he sort of um, modestly describes himself in the third person as a man who got to enter third heaven and got a guided tour of paradise. But there was mysteries revealed to him that he was sworn to secrecy about. But he saw something in the spirit, in the heavens. And I believe it's because he spoke in tongues. Revelation 1, John says, on, it was on, the day, on the Lord's day, and I was in the spirit and I heard sound. And then he saw this revelation of Jesus. I believe he was in the spirit. I believe he was speaking in tongues. Jude verse 20, pray in the spirit. Ephesians 6, 18, pray in the spirit. Ephesians 5, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. These are all about engaging with the gift of tongues that God has so graciously given us. And we speak mysteries and our minds start to catch up and see things that are afresh. And then quickly it says, the person who speaks in another language, verse 4, builds himself up, but he who prophesies builds up the church. I wish all of you spoke in other languages, but even more that you prophesied. Here's why we need to speak in tongues. We speak mysteries to God. And secondly, we're built up. We're strengthened. We're encouraged. We're blessed. We feel good because we engage with our spirit and the Holy Spirit floods our spirit and starts to overflow. And that impacts our minds, overflows into our emotions and into our physical bodies. And we are built up and edified and encouraged and blessed when we speak in tongues. Why would this not be for every believer? Is it just for the weaklings and the needy among us? No, it's for every believer because all of us, I guarantee, will need to be edified and strengthened and built up and we can use this gift. I won't go into details now, but there are studies, scientific studies that have shown changes in brain activity 
There's a study by the University of Pennsylvania in 2006, a small study, only five African-American ladies were, take, brain activity was taken during worshiping with gospel songs and speaking in tongues. And the brain activity was totally different. And one of the things they realized, the frontal lobe stopped working when they spoke in tongues, which is the stuff where you decide and think about what you're gonna say and yet they were still speaking, and they couldn't work out where the source of their language was coming from in their brain activity. I mean, it's a small study, but I think it points to a real truth. They did another test in 2011 in the University of Alabama. 52 people were tested for markers that mark stress in our saliva, cortisol, which is a hormone, and alpha amylase, which is an enzyme. And in both in all of those cases, there was a reduction in those indicators in the person's saliva after they spoke in tongues. It relieved their stress. It encourages us, it builds itself up. Another study in the UK, a thousand evangelical people were, were interviewed and those who spoke in tongues came back as being far more emotionally stable and at peace in a questionnaire that they filled out. I know in my own life, I've experienced that comfort, that calm, that encouraging when I've engaged with this wonderful gift. Uh, tongues is a gift from God. I know that it's treated with cynicism. I know that it's written off by some parts of the church. Even by people that I respect, they don't believe in it. But I'm here to tell you from personal experience, from the word says, and to where it matters, science. But this is real. This is a gift that God wants every believer to engage in and enjoy. And he wants that for you. Right. just want to say this. If you've never spoken in tongues before, I'd like to pray for you right now. And if, if it's a gift that you've neglected, I'd like to pray. And if you're doing it regularly, I just pray that you'll be even more blessed in it. Yeah. Because I know for me, there have been times in my life when I've neglected it and times in my life when I've really engaged with it. And I know the benefits of speaking in tongues. And I just pray for you right now, wherever you are, no matter how old you are, just want to pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're present in every home. I thank you for every believer, you're present in every heart. And I ask Holy Spirit right now that you would fill us afresh as your people. That Holy Spirit, you'd move right now, you'd anoint every person and that there would be an overflow. Jesus, we're saying we're thirsty and we're coming to you. We're going to drink, we're going to receive right now. We're going to enjoy in a restful way, we're going to surrender our lives to you, Holy Spirit. And I ask that there would be an overflow. I ask that there would be a breakthrough of tongues that for those who've never spoken, that as they spend time engaging with this gift, that there would be breakthrough today. For those who've neglected it, that it'll be a refreshing today. And for those who speak in tongues, that there will be new languages that you'd bring and add into our vocabulary, Lord, that would equip us in our prayers. I want to, uh, we pre-recorded a video um, that kind of illustrates what I want to share. And we'll watch this together and then I'll just close um, this off in, in a moment. But if we could watch this video together and then I'll just uh, conclude. Thank you. As I was thinking and praying about how to describe and illustrate speaking in tongues, the Holy Spirit gave me a picture of flying a kite. You know, when we go out to fly a kite, we start by having to line ourselves up with the direction of the wind. And in the same way, when we speak in tongues, we align ourselves with the Holy Spirit. And then, once we've lined ourselves up, there's a letting go of the kite for the wind to be able to take it. And I don't know about you, but for me, that sometimes doesn't happen straight away. Sometimes the kite drops. Sometimes it even drops to the floor. But we pick it up and we go again because, after all, we're there to fly a kite. And then inevitably, the wind lifts the kite into the air. 
In the same way, as we begin to speak in tongues, we have to let go. The words we speak are not initiated by our mind, so we have to let go and allow the Spirit to speak through us. Sometimes this can be a struggle. We may not feel anything, or we might get distracted, or our mind might start questioning what we're doing. But when we decide to engage with this gift, as we persevere, the Holy Spirit inevitably starts to lift us. When you think about it, the kite is an extension of us. It begins to climb higher and higher, and you can feel that exhilaration as it, as it ascends. And our spirits are lifted as we speak in tongues. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that the person who speaks in tongues is edified and built up. As we speak in tongues, our minds are renewed. Our emotions are restored. Even our bodies can be refreshed. And then as the kite gets high, I've looked up and seen how high it is, and I've felt my stomach flip at the thought of how far above me it is. But as you look up, you can begin to see the effects of the wind on the kite as it soars and moves overhead. I know that as I've kept praying in tongues, I felt a soaring in my spirit. And the Holy Spirit has moved me to think of countries or places or people. And I felt myself praying over them in my spirit, praying perfect prayers that aren't from my mind, but in fact, they're inspired by the Spirit of God who knows everything perfectly. Paul also writes in 1 Corinthians 14 that as we speak in tongues, we speak mysteries to God. I felt the Spirit show me things of God's greatness, that in my tongues I've been declaring God's power or singing God's praises, that my mind begins to be renewed and I see things in a fresh and a new way. And when we fly a kite, we can see it move. We can see what's happening far beyond our physical reach. Our feet are on the ground, but our kite is high in the air. And as we speak in tongues, we can move and see what's happening from a heavenly perspective. And the world around us can be transformed as we pray God's will and declare God's words perfectly. What a gift. Let's choose to spend time to fly our spiritual kite, to sit, to speak in tongues, to do that today, to do that tomorrow, to determine in our hearts to do that each and every day. So I just would like to finish with this verse. In verse 5, Paul says, I, I don't like this rendering. He says, I wish all of you spoke in other languages. That word wish isn't, oh, I really wish you could all speak in other languages. Wouldn't that be brilliant? <laughs> no, he's saying, I desire, I will, I intend that you speak in tongues. That's what he's saying to the church. That's what Paul's heart was for the church then. That's Paul's heart for us now. That's Christ, that's Jesus' heart for us, that we engage with this gift. And um, I mentioned in the video those, those three letters, sit, speak in tongues, that every day, can I encourage you to do this, to write in your diary, in your phone, pick a time tomorrow that you know you'll have five minutes and just put a little reminder in your phone. Maybe pick up your phone now and do this. Why not? I mean, I'm, I can't see what you're doing, so just, just don't flip on to Temple Run or anything. And... Um, just go into your phone, get into your diary, and just type in those three, three letters in caps, S-I-T, speak in tongues. Put it in your diary. When it pings and reminds you tomorrow, find some time, find somewhere to sit and just engage with this gift. Speak in tongues and, 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 and give that five minutes to that gift. 
That's my encouragement. That's my instruction. That's my advice. Something I've been doing over the last few weeks personally, and I've so benefited from it. And five minutes isn't enough now. <laughs> I've felt a, an extension that's come as, as I've engaged with this gift, because like any language, the more that we engage with something, I believe the richer it becomes, the more extensive it becomes, the larger our, our vocabulary grows. It's the same with any gift. The more we use it, the more grace and the, more, the, the greater the measure of the gift to put that in our diaries and just allow the Holy Spirit to guide us to speak in tongues. And, and just to remind us, don't strive for this. You can't work it up. Just be like the disciples in, in Acts 2. Just sit, just relax, submit, believe, come to Jesus and receive, and then speak. And as you speak, I believe the Holy Spirit will begin to give you the words and engage with this wonderful gift. So Lord, I wanna thank you for your grace. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your kindness to us. And I wanna thank you for this precious, precious gift that you've given us. And Lord, we determine in our hearts today, tomorrow, this week, to apply ourselves to engaging with a gift that's for us, to build us up, to edify us, and to allow us to speak mysteries to you. I pray that as we engage with this gift this week, that we will all be encouraged, that we'll all be blessed, and that our prayers will transform the world around us for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been wonderful to worship live. It's been really exciting and nerve-wracking to share live. And uh, we, uh, as a team, we just bless you and pray that you have a fantastic week. And if you're new to Living Rock Church, then please find out more. Get in touch with us online at livingrock.church. We'd love to meet you there. Okay, be blessed. Have a fantastic Sunday. Enjoy the sunshine. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching 